joining me on episode seven of the Unique On Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I'm your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know that they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. Today, Melissa Mashburn and I discuss a topic that is coming up more often, and that is imposter syndrome. I hope you enjoy this fun, loving woman just as much as I do. Welcome back to Unique on Purpose, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. We are a show all about just being an overcomer and celebrating what you see as a disadvantage and looking at it as an advantage. And today I'm here with Melissa Mashburn, who I've known for probably a little bit over a year now. She is a wife, an empty nester mom, a coach. She has been a pastor and a pastor's wife. And Melissa, you once resided in the Disney capital of the world, but now you are a Kentuckian. But since you've moved from Florida (laughs) to Kentucky, you've had a few changes. So tell me a little bit more about who you are, Melissa, and those changes that have been recently made. Oh my goodness, that was so funny. Yes, the Disney capital of the world. I moved from Orlando to Bardstown, Kentucky uh, about seven months ago. So it has been a change. So um, God has continued to to just open these doors and these crazy adventures. And um, my husband and I have always just kind of said, one of our, our philosophies is we'll just follow the breadcrumbs uh, because he continues to provide and protect us along the way. And so we've really started to just lean into being faithful and obedient, even if it seems crazy mm-hmm. to leave Orlando to go to a very small town in Kentucky. So that has been our latest uh, crazy adventure. And you just started a new job. I I did. I did. Um, so what I do in, in general, just a little bit about me and, and all the things that I love to do is I help female leaders unleash their leadership gifts, find their community and take their steps. So mm-hmm. that's in consulting. I work with churches uh, and ministries and women in ministry and, and just offer some insight. Uh, I have been in the ministry uh, over 20 years, have had many different roles. I like to tell people I've pretty much done everything except student ministry and facilities. Um, one, I'm not very good with my hands and student ministry out of respect for my own kids at the time to kind right. of give them a, a safe place. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, they, you know, they grew up as pastor's kids because my husband and I were both in the ministry. And so they were like double whammy under the microscope all the time. Um, I also do uh, c- coaching. So I work with female leaders, like I said, and, and kind of specifically women in the ministry uh, and help them figure out what that looks like, some of the landmines. Um, I've also been blessed to lead a private Facebook community called Ministry Tick, which is actually how we met. Yes. Uh, and we have 20, 2,700 women from all over the world that are that are in the ministry. And so we just help give them connections and resources to help them thrive in the church. And then just recently, I'm on week two and a half of uh, another new adventure as uh, the women's ministry leader at Southeast Christian Church, the Elizabethtown campus. So again, it's total, it, it sounds crazy. Like even just saying it, I'm like, my goodness, that's a lot. Yes. But I love, I love what I get to do. And so it's, it's really the coaching, consulting, 
is one-on-one or or in groups with women in ministry. Ministry Chick is like online ministry with women in the ministry. And then women's ministry at the local church is a different side of that. So all the other ones, I'm I'm working with uh, female leaders and the women's ministries. I really have a heart for women to see their own leadership potential inside them. I think a lot of people don't think that they're a leader or they would never say I'm a female leader. And so they won't pick up that label. And Mm -hmm. so what I'm excited about with this new job at the church is being able to help kind of have that I see in you because we all have leadership gifts and abilities. We just have to, you know, kind of call them out and see them in each other because somebody's following you, whether it's your kids or your spouse or your friends, you know, we're all leading in some capacity. Right. Now, why, uh, before we get into our topic, I want to know why specifically women that you are drawn to? (laughs) That is a great question. My husband would ask, he has asked for like the last 20 years because I'm a boy mom. I love sons. (laughs) I love, love, love being a boy mom. Like I just, I knew as soon as we started having kids that it was going to be all boys. I Uh wanted three sons. And my second son had colic for six months. And I'm like, you know what, God, we're good. Like, two sons is great. Yeah. Um, so, so we stopped. But so I love being a boy mom. And I honestly didn't have any experience. Like, you know, I wasn't a girly girl growing up. I was a tomboy. Uh, I played sports and rode, you know, what are the, not the golf carts, but the little go-karts. Oh, go-karts. go-karts. Yeah, I had yeah, go-kart. yeah. 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 I had go-karts and played softball and did all, I, I was like a, a, a boy mom. In, in yeah. Ways. So it's funny that he gave me a heart for women's ministry. And maybe it's just because I moved so much, or I, I think, you know, I moved from small town, Kentucky. So I've kind of come full circle. I lived in small town, Kentucky, smaller than where I'm actually living now, believe it or not. And then moved when I was 15 to Miami. Okay. Uh huh. Sit on that one for a minute. Like I went <laughs> to a high school. It's like it's like the a same people culture that I grew shock. Up with my whole life. Yeah. Yes. Total culture shock. And so, so I moved to high school in high school. So 15, moved to high school in Miami. Realized, whoa, this is like not our jam. Moved to Fort Lauderdale. I went to three different high schools. Oh wow. Um, and that's a, that's hard. On, on a young woman, it's not hard on a young man. It's hard on kids, period. Yes. Let's just say that. Yes. It's hard. It's those formative years. And so I think what it did, and then the, the huge culture shift, because it made me keenly aware of people that just never felt like they fit in. Mm. It, it You're always kind of feeling like an outsider. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was some of that and then feeling like the new girl. Um, and it's so crazy. I literally just got back from lunch with my husband and I said, it's so God to give us this topic that we're going to be digging into today because I have literally struggled I've been on the struggle bus all week long with this topic. So I know that it's not, uh, I know that it's God's perfect timing that we're talking about it because here I am starting a new job in a new city, in a new place. I don't know anybody. I'm at a new church and here I am. I'm the new girl again. Yes. And I am completely confident in my abilities. It has taken me almost 50 years to be able to say that. 
um, I'm confident in my abilities, but put me in a new space with new people. And uh, it's, I've been struggling with just the wrestle of, am I enough? Is this going to work? Are they going right. to like me? Is you know, am I going to make it kind of thing? And it's, all that moving and all these changes just continues to remind me that we all just feel a little bit lonely, a little bit less than, a little bit like we don't fit in, and a little bit like, is anybody going to even notice? Right, right. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Now, I heard you talking about this on another podcast, and that's why I wanted to have you on, is uh, what Melissa is alluding to is what we call imposter syndrome and it's something that we're starting to hear a little bit more about it's uh, loosely defined as just doubting your gifts doubting your ability and really just feeling like a fraud now melissa first before we dig into that i want to talk a little bit we don't talk about imposter syndrome a whole lot you often hear in the christian world and especially in ministry we talk about staying humble making sure that that we're not thinking of ourselves as infallible. And you're noticing this a lot with big name Christians, quote unquote, Christian celebrities, celebrities that are falling away from the Lord. And a lot of it is they became very prideful and felt that they were, that they could continue on with their sinful, sinful life because they were infallible. Why do you think that happens? That's, that is a giant loaded question. And it, there is, uh, in my opinion, I feel like there's this, and, and you're right, I do see it a lot. I've seen it a lot because I've been in the ministry for a long time. I've seen it a lot because I coach a lot of women in ministry. My husband's in ministry, so I hear it a lot from even some of the stories that he talks about with men, although it's not nearly as common. Um, there's this delicate balance between um, humility and and. For women in particular, we don't want to kind of put ourselves up and we don't want to um, call attention to ourselves and and we we cover it in this um, humbleness and, you know, we don't want to be prideful, but there's, I feel like there's there's this balance that we can make where we can straddle the line of, of humility, but not in a false humility because, mm-hmm. well, that's where the problem comes, mm-hmm. but in this um, holy confidence. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really, uh, um, it's, it's, it takes a little bit of, it, think of it like I visualize like a teeter totter. Okay. So if one side's like, um, humility and and or false humility or you know, this idea of humility and then on the other side is this idea of confidence and so mm-hmm. i feel like there could be a balance if there was a holy confidence mm-hmm. um and uh, a healthy humility and not a false humility and not a i'm less than humility so this this whole idea of a holy confidence is is really resting in who you are, who God created you to be, and standing on your identity in Christ and not you or your gifts or your skills or your connections or the other things that, quote unquote, you bring to the table. Right. Yeah. We have that stuff. And yeah, we have those connections. It's just when the teeter-totter gets off balance that, you know, you're, you're stuck on the ground. Right. Well, you have this one side that says, okay, Uh, Maybe I'm a big name or even if I'm just the head honcho at church, you have the the um, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word. But uh, on one side, you have 
you can be incredibly prideful. You can get this big ego. But then on the other side, you feel like you're a fraud. You feel like you're an imposter. But it almost feels like it's coming from the same root. And if you're not in it's mm-hmm. your identity in Christ, you know, if, if you are incredibly prideful, you have this big ego, your identity is not resting in the humility of Christ. But if you're on the other side and you're feeling like mm-hmm. you're a fraud, you're an imposter, well, that also is because you are not seeing yourself the way God sees you. Would you agree with that? Or do you think that there's some more to it? Nope, 100%. I have, I have goosebumps because I think you are right on. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's... And honestly, everything you just said roots back to pride. Mm-hmm. It roots back to self. It, it, and I, I read a good book, a, a great, I'm going to say a great book, a life-changing book, honestly, because I reread it often. Uh, and I, it's Tim Keller's, which you're going to, which means you have to kind of read it multiple times <laughs> to let it kind of really sink in because it's not like you can read a sentence and be like, oh yeah, I got that. It's yeah, like, okay, I got to read a sentence, process, reread. But it, it's, I think it's called The Spirit of Self-Forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to totally paraphrase the book and, and butcher it, but I hope that you would still get it right? Uh, because it's a, it's a short book. But it basically says, it doesn't matter what the world thinks of me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter what I think of me. It only matters what God thinks of me. Mm-hmm. So it kind of takes the world and self out and, and really, which is basically what you were just talking about, correct? Right. The world and their, you know, my pride and everything and then my pride and my ability. So the world and self is completely out of the equation and it, it solely rests on the cross and what Christ says mm-hmm. is your identity. And once you once you kind of rid yourself of self and the world, then you can really just kind of and that's where I feel like that holy confidence kind of comes in. It's like, I, no, I don't think that I'm better than anybody else. No, I don't think that I'm a big deal here. Mm-hmm. I just know God has called me here for such a time as this, and I've got an assignment to do, so I'm going to get to work. And and, and it's funny because I was literally just reading that verse in Isaiah this morning where it was talking about, you know, he goes before the Lord and, you know, and, and the, he comes and puts a, a coal on his lips and makes him um, clean and your sins are forgiven kind of thing. And, and I'm again, totally paraphrasing, but he's like, who, who can I send? And, and he's like, here I am, send me. Mm-hmm. And so when you have this holy confidence, it's like you show up on assignment. You're like, okay, God gave me this, 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 this. I know who I am. I, I know how I'm wired. And so I just go out every day and speak what my assignment is that day. It's not a, I'm, I'm a big shot or I've got it all figured out or, you know, I'm at the pinnacle of my career. Everybody should be hanging on my every word. You Mm -hmm. know, it's none of that. It's what is my assignment today, Lord? Right. And when we talk about imposter syndrome, I don't want to leave any of the gentlemen out that are listening because I'm sure there are gentlemen that go through imposter syndrome. And and I don't, again, I don't want to stereotype or anything, but from, when it comes to gender, you do see a lot more men who fall because they lost accountability. They fell into sin because of their pride, because they were infallible. But you notice imposter syndrome more with women going through the emotions of I'm not enough. I'm a fraud. Mm-hmm. I don't belong here. What is happening? Why Why do you mm-hmm. think that is? As someone that coaches women, that works with women leaders, that is a women's ministry director, why do you see that? I, I love this 
question and I completely agree. I do know men do struggle with this. Uh, but here's, I heard the, an, an incredible and disturbing statistic recently. And it said that women reach their peak confidence. Like, like I am, I'm good. I'm grounded. I'm solid. Women reach their peak confidence in themselves by the age of nine no. Really? After that, it's all down. 100%. This is the statistic I just heard. Um, so after that, it's all downhill in question and puberty and we doubt everything and we're, you know, but I, I don't know the, the exact age for men, but I believe it was in the 30s. Really? Men are at their peak Okay. confidence in, in themselves and their abilities. I, I can't be quoted on that, but I believe it was in the 30s because it wasn't even in the 20s mm-hmm. that I was kind of surprised. And, but women, it's nine. And you said, you, you know, going through puberty, you th- kind of think that's when it starts of just starting to look down upon yourself. Is it just because of the body changes or, or what do you think? I don't know. I would love to dig in on that more. I, I need to read that report and find out more about that because I, I do believe that it has to have something to do with all the hormonal changes in, in all the other things that we go through. But good gracious, how I mean, it kind of makes me want to go back and make sure that I talk to every seven, eight, nine year old <laughs> right. little girl I ever yes. see and be like, you are awesome. God has great plans for you. You mm-hmm. will do amazing things. Like I don't even have daughters, but I, if I, if one day God grants me granddaughters, you can bet I yeah. will be very intentional to lay that foundation in them and in their hearts mm-hmm. so that they can hopefully carry it past nine. Well, and I think, too, I just thought of this. Obviously, social media has not helped. I mean, when you go through the grocery store, mm. you see the magazines in the checkout line of these women who I know it's all airbrushed. We know it's airbrushed in our heart of hearts. We know that, the, you know, the computer has made them skinnier. They've made mm-hmm. their chests bigger. They've made their lips bigger. They've thinned out their face. But you sit and you compare yourself to that woman. And if you, I mean, I'm almost 40 years old and here I'm sitting here going, man, I wish my I'm comparing my my waistline to every other woman's waistline, wishing that I was like that. Mm. And you don't just girls don't just do that with their looks, but even with uh, their 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 credits. I mean, I look at some women and I think I'll never get where they're at because I don't have an MD behind my name or I don't have all these fancy letters behind my name. They obviously deserve to be there, but I don't. I mean, are you seeing that as well or um, with the comparison to body and to credentials? 100%. Now, most of the people that I do talk to uh, and, and coach, we don't really go into body image and stuff like that, quite honestly, I feel like that would be something that would be a great conversation with their counselor. And I highly recommend dealing with that because quite honestly, that goes back. That's not a right now issue. That's probably something that they have or we have whatever dealt with from years and years ago. So counseling deals with stuff from your past and helps you kind of heal from it. Coaching is like your present and your future. How do we get Mm -hmm. to the next step? So when I'm, I'm coaching people, we don't really kind to go in that lane but yes on the uh on the degrees on the school uh, especially women in ministry they it, there's a strong um push to go to seminary just to be able to have that mdiv mm-hmm. to kind of have some ground to stand on mm-hmm. um in in a 
in a world that's mostly men or male leaders and male dominated leaders. Um, so I, I do see, and it's funny because it's not funny actually, because they're already maxed out and they're already striving and they're already doing all the things. So mm-hmm. they're, they're working, they're, they're parenting, they're, they're wifing, they're, you know, they're doing all the things and then they're working and then they're going back to school and they're frazzled and worn out and trying to go, but I have to do all of this just to, just to be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and- the hard part is, it's helping them to understand what is the, the reasoning behind this. Is it, is it to be heard? Cause maybe there's a different way to, to be heard than just getting this degree and, and, you know, spending the money financially, spending the time away from your family. And, and I'm, I believe in education. I 100% do, but I also want to make sure that people are living healthy and whole and not frazzled because, and you know, I think we've talked about this before being in the ministry for two decades and both my husband and I being in the ministry, there's uh, something I talk about in my book and I've talked about it before is um, I'm, I can, I have workaholic tendencies and I'm a perfectionist at times. And, and so I, I tell people, you know, there was a season that I sacrificed my family on the altar of ministry. And mm-hmm. so that's my biggest concern and the thing that I look out for, for other women in ministry. And it can be going back to school or getting this degree because they don't feel like quote unquote enough compared to what they're seeing in their Instagram reel. Right. And something I read too, we have a lot of women that say, well, I don't have the same opportunity as men. And it's because I don't have all these qualifications or I'm not enough. But something that I read was that if there is a job position, a job opening and a man is not qualified for it, he will go ahead and apply for it anyway. But if the woman is not mm-hmm. qualified for it, she will make sure she won't she won't apply for it. In fact, she will wait till she finds something that she is overqualified for before she will mm-hmm. apply. But yet the man uh, who is not quite qualified will receive that position. And a lot of times it is because he took the risk to do it. And do you find that women don't take as many risks because they're trying to stay safe? Yes. Yes. That statistically. So the numbers on, on what you were just saying, a man only has to feel 60% qualified to apply for. Oh, I'm glad you know the statistics because I didn't remember. Thank you for knowing that. (laughs) Yes. 60%. He's just got to feel like he's better than halfway through. Like if he feels 60% qualified, (laughs) he's swinging for the fence. He's going to go for it because he figures I can figure it out. You know, Mm -hmm. a woman, we got to be 90 plus percent sure. And it's mostly 95, but 90 is the like, 90% sure then we'll apply otherwise we don't even throw our name in the hat right and so we we shrink back until we know that we're like a slam dunk uh, for the opportunity and so that's what's happening a lot of times is people will say yeah but we didn't have any qualified women apply well women are disqualifying themselves yes thank you their hat in the ring. Thank you for pointing that out because I am all about women in ministry. I am all about women leaders, but I think there's a part of, and not all women, you're not like this, I'm not like this, but there are some women that kind of go up to the front and I hate to say it, but whine 
because they don't see enough maybe women in the front lines or women doing certain things. But it's because a lot of times it's because women are not taking the risk to put themselves out there because they're holding back Mm -hmm. saying, I'm not good enough. And something that I've learned over the years is, you know what, something that I've had to reconcile myself with when it comes to feeling like a fraud, feeling like I don't deserve anything is, you know what? you are not good enough. You are not enough. And that's why Jesus came. Like, that's the beauty of the gospel. None of us, whether you are male or female, none of us are enough. And that is why we need Jesus. If we were enough, we wouldn't need Jesus. Yes. Yes. I have goosebumps again. (laughs) Yes. 100%. And it's so crazy because that if if I looked back at my life, I think the probably the number one thing that I would have said over the years is I'm not enough. I'm mm-hmm. not enough. I'm not. And there was this giant light switch moment for me, probably three to five years ago, where I was like, "No kidding, you're not enough. You're not supposed to be." Yes. And so that has that. been this whole switch in this last season, and that's actually even why I'm writing this book for women in ministry. Um, and and honestly, it's not titled yet because every time I think I have a title, it's not titled. Um, <laughs> but one of the titles I threw out was more than enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was finding your identity in Christ as you lead at the local church, because we feel less than women, not all women. uh, We tend to feel less than in every possible way. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm Mm -hmm. not connected enough. I'm not, you name it. You could literally fill in the blank with probably 300 plus words and not even get them all of of all the enough that people are struggling with. And so that's basically why I, I said in this last season and doubled down and started trying to get this book finished that I've been working on is for women in ministry. It's, I tell people it's like the, what to expect when you're expecting kind of series, like what to expect when you're a woman going into ministry. Like, Mm. you know, these are the things that you need to look out for. Like, because if I could cut somebody one woman's learning curve down, because it's just a different world. It's a different world. It's a, we are living in a completely different world than a year ago. So everything's like all wackadoodle. Um, And so being able to kind of the things that I wish I knew when I started in ministry and talking about your identity and not being so caught up in your title and, you know, all those things that you talked about earlier, you know, being the big fish at church and, 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 being there and all that. So, and even the gifts, we can get stuck on that being the only woman at the table, uh, who you're raising your marriage, being in the, it's like all of that. And then, so it's kind of like a, a cheat sheet. Like here's kind of what I've dealt with. Here's how I got through it. And then, uh, been really blessed to have some amazing, uh, female leaders in the ministry that have come along and are sharing their stories in the book i would love to tell you who they are but i cannot tell you that yet that's okay Um, but But i will be one of the first ones to get your book when it comes out (laughs) but so the first half of it thank you the first half is all of that and then the second half is kind of like okay this is this is kind of like a how you deal with all of this but then the second half is is exactly what i said um it's finding your community okay let's not get stuck there Mm -hmm. and how do we move forward so we got to find our community we got to own our leadership i think there's some ownership in that and then we got to just take the step which is literally based off of conversation you and i had Mm -hmm. a year ago when i said to you 
Remember what I said to you? Yes, I remember. Oh, are you are you wanting me to say it? You said do it afraid. I want you to say it. You said yeah, do, it do it afraid, afraid and that was horrible. I hated it. But you were right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did it. I did it afraid. I left my job position that I knew God was calling me out of, but I didn't know where I was going to go, what I was going to do, even though I knew it was God calling me out. And then as soon as mm-hmm. I put in my resignation, all of the pieces started to fall into place. And it was just God confirming you just needed to take that step of faith. Yes. See, yep. it's that uh, for, for me, it's, it's a, it's like the story in Joshua three and they're trying to, they come upon, they're getting ready to cross the, the river and it's harvest season and, and the river's overflowing and they're like, how are we going to cross yes. this? And, and, and Joshua like tells the leaders, like when the priests go down and not, I mean, it's overflowing, it's everywhere and mm-hmm. it's raging. Yeah. And when the priests put their feet in the water, the water stops mm-hmm. and parts and they carry the ark across but it wasn't until this is the whole do it afraid and for me my word of the year has been take the step which is why mm-hmm. the third half is take the step mm-hmm. um maybe that's your book title that's my that's the well this is the 2021 version of do it afraid take yeah. the step. yeah so it wasn't it wasn't until they put their feet in the water that everything stopped and they were able to carry the ark across and then they put the stones and so I, you know, we, we can, we can be afraid. We can, we can doubt, we can have all of those things. That doesn't make us bad Christians. It doesn't, it, it, we're human. Mm-hmm. We're going to wrestle. Mm-hmm. We're going to wrestle with that stuff. But if we can, we can get off the tear totter mm-hmm. and really just zone in on our relationship with Christ and, and our identity with Christ. It really takes all the back and forth off yes it's just you are completely rooted and grounded and all the other stuff just you know you're gonna see it on your social media or whatever and it might have a momentary thing but when you're grounded and you have that holy confidence you're not shaken not to the core Mm -hmm. it may like momentarily kind of you know shake you up but it doesn't define you and it doesn't um take over how's that well and you know like you said looking at everybody on social media you're going to look at everybody and see that yes it looks like that they are further ahead than you are that they are better than you that they deserve whatever it is that they have but something that i've learned and you can correct me if i'm wrong something that i've learned over the years is just focus on what god has given you now because he will catch you up Mm. And that, um, I think, has Mm. been a life changer for me because I remember uh, there's a a thing out there called the quarter life syndrome or not quarter life syndrome, um, quarter life crisis. You know, we hear about the um, you hear about the midlife crisis. But ever since social media kind of came on the scene, you're starting to see a quarter life crisis of those that are about 25 and they feel like. And they just feel very depressed, very low because they don't have it all by the time they're 25 because media and social media has told them that they have to have all of it by 25. But Mm. God is like, no, I haven't. You can't have it all at one time right now. Just focus on what I've given you and I will catch you up. What are your thoughts on that? Mm. One, that's disturbing because I have a 25-year-old and I'm like, wait, he's not behind. He's not, he's not totally all into social media and all that other stuff, but I get it. And that's, 
so disturbing mm-hmm. because and the reality is nobody shows the bad stuff on your social media. You're showing your highlight reel. And so right. you're not seeing all the grit and all the hard work and all the determination and all the sacrifices that are going behind them showing that one solitary moment. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about people that were quote unquote an overnight success, but they've spent 10 years yeah. hustling and grinding and doing their thing and, and putting in their reps and, and, and I think that's the hard part with the social media is because so many people have, quote unquote, gone viral mm-hmm. and been a sensation and are making all these things. But that's very rare yes. and very few and far between. And so if we're gauging ourselves off of, you know, my my Instagram picture only got like 32 likes. Some Somebody's listening and they're like, oh, my gosh, I would be so sad if I only got 32 likes. And then somebody else is like, I never had 32 logs. That right. would be awesome. Yeah. We, we, it's just, it's just subjective. Mm-hmm. It's totally subjective. So you're constantly blown back and forth to, you know, and I think that's where it goes back to really checking your heart and your motives mm-hmm. for why you're posting. And so that it, it's so hard because it's so tempting mm-hmm. to fall into the trap of, you know, look at me, mm-hmm. look what I did. Look what and I just did. Even, not, even, not only that, yeah, and and I'm all about, if something really cool happens, I'm going to post about it. Because, honestly, <laughs> there are so many times I'm like, God, I don't know why you picked me. It's kind of, David says this, and I, I, I can't remember where it is, but he basically says, who am I that you have brought me this far? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that all the time because I'm like, I know who I am. I know where yeah. I came from. I know I was, I didn't, I didn't uh, accept Christ until I was 21 years old. I know what my life was like before that. And I know what he has done. So I look and I'm like completely just dumbfounded mm-hmm. that he would use, and, and I have a sign in my office that says, God bless this hot mess that one of my assistants gave me one time. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty right on. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm okay with that because I finally gave up the, the idea of perfection mm-hmm. that I have to be perfect. I have to be Patty perfect pastor's wife, or I have to, you know, have this perfect walk and this perfect life. And it's just, it's so much more liberating to just be and accept who you are and what God's called you to. And, and, and I think that kind of goes back to, um, even, you know, the Lord's prayer, it's give us this day our daily bread, you know, you just focus on today. What's Mm -hmm. today's assignment? Where do you need me today? And, and really what I'm loving about my, even my new job is they have this whole thing is like, be the one, Mm -hmm. like the one person in front of you, that's all you have to focus on. Yeah. The one person, Mm -hmm. you don't have to go change the world and all the, the one person in front of you is who we want you to focus on. Got it. I'm totally about that. Yeah. And, um, before we wrap up to get a little uh, super spiritual here, I know we all of us, we've inherited sin from Adam and Eve. And I just thought about this. I remember you, you read in, in Genesis, I believe it's chapter two or chapter three, where Adam and Eve have sinned. God comes in, you know, he's like, why are you hiding? And they said, well, we're naked. And he says, well, how mm-hmm. do you know that you're naked? And he confronts mm-hmm. them about eating the fruit that they were told not to eat And the first thing Adam says is, it was that woman you gave me. 
And that's the very first time you see rejection of of a woman in, mm. in scripture. Here is this woman who has this husband who is supposed to be a leader, who is supposed to protect her, and he completely mm. rejects her and he places the blame all on her. Do you think that maybe that is kind of, I mean, because we have, we've inherited Adam and Eve's sin. Do you feel like maybe that's a little bit of, I mean, all of us have a root cause to why we feel like frauds and why we uh, have that spirit of rejection, whether it's how we were raised or whatever. But do you think maybe like deep down that's kind of where that came from it's kind of loaded i'm sorry (laughs) that was was some really i'm sitting here and i'm tracking with you i have my bible open for me and i kept thinking like you know god said who told you you were naked you know kind of thing and 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 you went there (laughs) and i was like okay i'm i'm like taking a minute to go oh that's like a really profound and meaty and hard thing to process to be Mm -hmm. quite honest because i i feel like i feel like feel like it could Mm -hmm. for sure um and but he even says you're gonna you're gonna desire your husband Mm -hmm. and wow yeah sorry i didn't prepare you for that that was just something that just kind of popped (laughs) in my head of okay this is the first time that because like we mentioned before we know that there are women out there that have big egos and are incredibly prideful but then there's all and we know that there are men that deal with imposter syndrome that deal with the spirit of Mm -hmm. rejection but here you have in the garden you have Adam that's a little bit more prideful and saying, nope, not me. I'm infallible. It's not my fault. It's this woman's fault. And here's the first time that a woman mm-hmm. has ever been rejected. And we inherit that from Adam and Eve. Um, and again, I, I know... <laughs> I keep saying this, but uh, I want to wrap up soon because I know that you and I will talk forever. But talk a little bit about imposter syndrome with women stemming. I know we talked about being nine and that's when you hit your peak. But what about the rejection that a lot of women have felt from childhood, whether it was from their father or maybe the stereotypes that people in high school expected them to be? You know, here you were kind of a tomboy. Maybe you felt like you were expected to be a little bit more girly. And so, of course, moving around, you didn't fit in. Is there a lot of imposter syndrome that you think kind of stems from childhood and what we went through? Yes. Yes. And, and you say that. And I'm like, I literally just had this conversation with my counselor <laughs> two weeks ago, because uh, if you haven't noticed, I'm a firm believer and, and I love Christian counseling and I highly recommend it, especially, especially now, because there's, we, we're all, we're all dealing with so much that we don't even realize that we're dealing with mm-hmm. post pandemic or, or during the pandemic or whatever, all these things, um, so uh, if there's anything else that you hear from me, please, there's no stigmatism that says you're less than because you're going to a counselor. It's actually a sign of strength mm-hmm. that you're you're trying to get healthy and whole. And so, yes, I, I literally had this conversation with my counselor two weeks ago because it's, it's funny because there's so many things in your childhood that you just write off as that's just childhood. Like, this mm-hmm. is, like every, everybody deals with this, that, or the other. And then as you become an adult and you, you have some seasons of life under your belt, there, there comes this time and, and she and I were talking about it. She said, it's usually in the thirties and a little older. Um, and sometimes God will kind of keep it blocked because you're not prepared to deal with it or whatever. 
And so I've kind of had this awakening in, in so much as I've started remembering things from my childhood and growing up and my dad's mom was all about the whole debutante thing. So they really wanted their granddaughters to be, you know, have a cotillion and yeah. do all of these things. And I'm a tomboy and I play softball and drive go-karts and play outside until the sun goes down and, and do all of that. And then moving to Miami and having a, um, as we talked earlier, had a very um, thick, heavy Kentucky accent mm. moving to Miami, I spent a year getting made fun of. Oh, Basically, geez. everybody thought I was stupid yeah. and dumb because I had uh, an, an accent and quickly learned by the time I moved to Fort Lauderdale a year later, I completely got rid of my accent. Mm. I just did not want to deal with it. I didn't mind being, you know, from Kentucky and all of that, but I just did not want to be. Um, people put things on you without actually knowing you. And so I feel like we pick up a lot of stuff and maybe women, I know men do too. I do know that I have sons. I have been a part of their life. Um, I've seen it. I didn't understand it until I had sons because I always just thought it was for girls because we're so emotional and so sensitive, mm -hmm. but we pick up all of this stuff from our childhood, from our teenage years, from, you know, all that awkward adolescence and puberty. And then you throw in expectations and your own expectations. And now, now that we know past nine, we, we've already peaked, you know, looking back, I, I can see all these layers of insecurity uh, and uncertainty, and they just kind of continue to add on. It's like, layering your clothes until you look like the abominable snowman. Yeah. So there reaches a point that you're like, I don't even know who I am. And for, for me, that was five, maybe not even five years ago when I did my life plan with Katie, mm -hmm. Katie Cole. Um, I did my life plan and, and you go over your whole life and you look at the patterns of your life. And it was in that moment that I saw, uh, one, I'm an overcomer. Two, I have been through a lot of stuff and we don't have enough time to go over all of that, but I've been through a lot of stuff. I, I've also been through a lot of church hurt. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably why God gave me the heart to, to really work with women in ministry. So you see all this baggage that you've picked up over the years and there comes this time and you're like, I'm not supposed to carry all of this, but I do believe it starts from, from childhood and we've picked up all this stuff and there, there comes this time in maybe the second half of your life or after 30 or whatever that you're like, well, you just want to know who you are again. And that's been this whole discovery of really rooting my identity in Christ and, and figuring out my gifts and my, my skills and my why, mm -hmm. why I uniquely exist. Yes. And so it, it allows you to filter off all the other things that kind of come your way, they might be good things, but it's usually the good things that keep us from the great things. Mm -hmm. Filter all of that off, but also peel off all of those layers of things that you've put on for years and say, nope, that's not me. Somebody put that on me. Somebody gave that to me, but this is me. And so I think, and I kind of keep going back to that visual of that holy confidence where I, I call it uh, baseball ready. And I, I know I had sons and I played softball, but this kind of like your feet are, are shoulder width apart and you're kind of, your knees are kind of bending and you're just kind of ready. Yeah. And that's the, the visual I get of this holy confidence. Like you're grounded, you're solid, you're ready. You can bend, move and do all these things, but you're not going to get knocked over. So if I'm listening right now 
and I say, yep, that's me. I have imposter syndrome. I constantly feel that I am a fraud. I'm successful, but I don't deserve the success where I'm at. I'm not good enough. I don't have the credentials that I need. I should be further where I am. What do you suggest the steps that I would need to take to find that wholeness? That hurts my heart because I have been there. I Mm -hmm. have literally been that person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know that there's like a a one, two, three step and and you're going to have this giant aha moment. I feel like for me, it's been uh, five years of discovery. Mm. Uh, It was life planning. It was counseling. It was coaching. It was executive coaching. It was group coaching. It was understanding my unique gifts and skills. It was in-depth Bible studies. It was rooting myself deep in the word and, and not having... Um, all the other distractions of the world. Honestly, it was a lot like pruning. God really removed. And I think that's part of these moves. Mm -hmm. Part of these moves have been in this season where you're like, I'm in Kentucky. I don't have friends. I don't have, you know, things that I'm, I I do have, I'm I'm making friends, Mm -hmm. but I don't have anything else but to be alone with God. Yeah. When we moved to Orlando, when we moved to Kentucky, when, you know, and when things are hard. And so I guess I would say if God is pruning you, kind of like what you and I talked about last year when I said, do it afraid. If God is pruning you, lean into it. Don't run away from it. Our natural instinct is to run for the hills. Like, yeah. no, yes. that's going to be painful. That's going to be hard. And I would just say, do it, do it afraid. Take the step. Mm-hmm. Lean into it because on the other side of it, yeah, it's going to it's not going to be fun Mm -hmm. it is scary as all get out Mm -hmm. but you owe it to yourself Mm -hmm. to to step up and and to go to that next level and really um really lean into what god's trying to do it honestly it's a huge step of growth and of faith and a lot of times we get scared of that and we're like okay i'll just stick with the uncomfortable and what i know Mm mm-hmm so I, I may not like it. I may not feel good. I may not feel, I may struggle with this for the, but I mean, do you really want to live the rest of your life feeling less than and insecure? And I wish I could go back and tell myself, you know, 10, 20 years earlier, like, okay, this is going to stink. It's going to hurt. It's mm-hmm. going to be painful. One, you can do hard things. And two, God's not going to leave you. Three it's going to be better than you could ever imagine. Well, and I think you said too, getting into the word, knowing scripture, because I don't think we can really truly know who we are, our identity in Christ until we truly know who God is and and his character. Mm -hmm. I could repeat the Mm -hmm. scriptures for you, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I could have told you all day long that, yes, I am the apple of God's eye. Yes. He thinks about me more on the sands of the shore. (laughs) I know those scriptures, but I knew them in my head and not in my heart. And that was partly because I didn't Mm -hmm. know the true characteristics of God. I saw God as someone who uh, he was just looking for me to sin. Uh, when's Rachel going to screw up so I can punish her, but I'm also this passive God that I, I really don't care about her. So none of those scriptures, those identity in Christ scriptures mattered to me 
until I really got to know the characteristic of God. So I love that you said, just dig into the word, because I think that that really is the first step. I personally would suggest counseling, too. I know you said coaching, mm-hmm. and I think I think you kind of, I think you need both. I think you need that counselor that goes back and yep. says, okay, where is this stemming yep. from? But then you also need that coach that says, okay, where are you going from here? What are you going to do? That will ask yep. you the tough questions yep. to help you move forward. Oh my gosh, Melissa, I could have another hour long conversation with you, but I have to wrap <laughs> up <laughs> because you're just so fun to talk to and you, you're so knowledgeable. You have so much wisdom and I'll have to have you on again once your book comes out and once that gets published. But uh, Melissa, you can find her at Mel's World, Melissa Mashburn on Facebook. You can find her on Instagram. If you are a woman in ministry, you can look up ministry chick that she is an admin for and where else could i find you melissa melissameshburn.com i'm pretty much uh getting a website redone but i'll have the new website will be for coaching for consulting and it'll have the information for the book so that's really going to be the go-to place in the future Mm -hmm. awesome well thank you again melissa we will have you on again because you're just so fun and I like to have fun with fun people. So, <laughs> so thank you so much. <laughs> Me too. Isn't she just so much fun? Well, thank you again for joining Melissa and I for that conversation on the Meet on Purpose podcast. Don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you next time.